So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, no stupid Questions. Hello, stupid everybody. This week's up, folks? It's for real. It's with for real. T-Leak like, and Jag. Rah, rah, like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. I love No Stupid <laughs> Questions show. <laughs> Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Time okay. is question for today. No. Rah, rah, like All right. Stupid. So, Question. No stupid question. Welcome to this episode. My first question is, who are you? No stupid question. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the No Stupid Question Show, the show where we have two smart people and one stupid question, or so we think. And um, lately we've been doing some special shows. We've had some live shows and today we have a, a special guest. So T. Lee, won't you, won't you tell us what we have in store for today? All right. Well, thank you, Jag. And hello, everybody. I am so, so pleased that we're going to be joined by someone who will have, I am sure, a unique perspective on the question for today. <laughs> He's a sideline reporter, a broadcast sports analyst, web correspondent, radio host, all of the above in Atlanta. He is Atlanta's local favorite sports fan, and he goes by the name Home Team, Brandon right. Lake. Right. And he is a notable voice in Atlanta sports for quite a few years now. And he's interested in all kinds of sports. And as my favorite cousin, <laughs> he's interested in all kinds of topics. So given that the question today is, can you believe anything you hear nowadays? I thought home team Brandon Leak as a media personality, give us your out of the gate answer for that. Yes or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. It's not I like no. It. I like it's it. no. N-A-A-W-W, like no. <laughs> so I was concerned. Oh, I was I was concerned because um, you said uh, Atlanta's favorite sports fan, and growing up in New Orleans, you know we have a kind of oh, love hate. We have kind of have a love hate thing with Atlanta sports fans, but you know what? I, I love his answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna have to at least this one time we're gonna be on the same side. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Ain't no way. Okay, and I'm gonna have to go with the. So now, interestingly enough, this is something that I heard, and I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's true, though, because it, I didn't hear the Whitney quote, but it was, hell to the, what, what did Whitney use? Hell to the nah. Hell, was it just hell to the nah? I thought she added a little spin. Well, I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. And I'm trying anyway. to keep it PG, right? Okay, okay. well, Cause, true. Because hey. Whitney was in a different spirit at that time. Bless, bless, bless her soul. <laughs> Oh, my wife's favorite singer so oh you know. okay okay well anyway i i gotta say this week we're going for the uh the the chorus here it would be hell to the no um i'm 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 in a and we've talked about this a bit in the past jack so i'm gonna actually throw it back to home team to tell us a little bit more about the n was it n n a a w well it depends i'm a southern guy from atlanta georgia so i go with the uh variation of this the n a a w w some people go with n a l l uh but i don't know uh, i just think uh <laughs> You need to verify your information. You need to verify the information. You need to verify all information. And you always need to check your source. You should not feel comfortable just because 
you have a relationship with somebody who was presenting you with information and just go with it. I think you should always check your source. Uh, one of my coworkers and dear friends always says he vouches for nobody. He's been a man for the mayor for 24 years. He won't vouch for anybody um, because people can be wrong. People can be mis mistaken. Facts can be misspoken and people can let you down. So I don't think there's anything wrong with one being inquisitive, having an, an inquisitive mind and, you know, also making sure that you, as the young folks say today, you do your research, that there are plenty of avenues for you to find out. Do young folks say that? Yeah. Okay. You threw yeah. me for a do little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I didn't. what young folks you talking about? It's relative? I don't I say they were, they were doing it. I'm just telling you. What they're saying the research on, on tiktok and and, yes. and instagram okay in, in between the tiktok twerking and, and the twitter <laughs> and the tweeting they, they, they tell you to do your research so mm. i think it's important that you know the truth is with with the access to the internet the smartphone and really no reason for you not to be able to go look something up and try to go verify uh, information. You, you shouldn't trust anybody. You hear something, take it for what it's worth, see if you can validate it and see if the source is somebody that's source worthy or if their information is accurate or inaccurate. I think that that's, that's what everybody should do when you hear something, no matter what, where it comes from, or so, so, where it comes. But, but okay, since, since we're all in agreement here, the question is, since we say you can't believe anything nowadays, what's, what's verification now? What's validation now? And that's what gets me, because I look up someone in that, and I can find both sides of the story. I can find evidence here and evidence here. Now, to, to your point, I look to my common sense and my judgment, and especially if it's something that this is just me, my personal sort of beliefs, if it's going to bring somebody else down, I'm not going to pass it on unless I have a lot of confidence in, to your point, multiple sources that I have some degree of trust in. Because I have to say, some people are, you know, forwarding, 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 and it becomes a telephone game. By the time it gets to you, you're like, well, what is this? You know, even though it's somebody that came from that I trust. So, so verification well, is the question to me. I, I think we're just in an era now where it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to do that because everybody with a platform and everybody with an opinion sometimes believe that they are experts and those things don't qualify you as an expert. And like so, who? Who, you, who you think like, that's yeah, that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you had somebody in mind there. Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> Passionate Jack. with a platform, but not an expert. Did and you so, hear about okay. the and Jack? Well, I, I don't know the details. Uh, okay. I, I, so, I heard, so some you can help me with the details, but you know, and and at home team, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because you know I was wondering since you you know work and I assume you have a lot of friends in the media. Uh, I thought you might have some interest in protecting the media because. I think what T. Leak and, and maybe I am saying is even the media lets us down on telling us the quote unquote truth. Any thoughts on that? I don't think that's unfair. I think uh, the media has changed somewhat <clears throat> over time and, you know, getting it first as opposed to getting the facts out accurately yes. and waiting to do that sometimes becomes a problem. 
That being said, if I could defend my media brothers and sisters. <laughs> okay, um, I expect you to. <laughs> yeah. There are people that get it wrong. They're no, you know, everybody's not perfect. There are no perfect right. media members and no perfect pilots, no perfect doctors. And there is a, a rush to hurry up and be first. Right. And there is incentive and money to be made if you are first and you are accurate. But if you're first, you know, people will, will click on you first. So I do think that that is a problem. But I also think there's a, a lot of, uh, I won't say bashing, but there's a lot of negative criticism of the media because there is a way and uh, a, a verified way that you are to report. And sometimes when you give information to people don't like or you give information in a way that they don't like to receive it, mm -hmm. then you also become an entity that people don't like. So, you know, sometimes the truth is the truth, no matter how it comes. And just because it doesn't come like you want it or as fast as you want it, doesn't make it untrue. So I just think we live in a society where attention spans and patience is very low these days. And those that quench the thirst of hurrying up to get stuff that people want, those are the people sometimes that are more validated than people who might take their time and do things more thoroughly. Well, and, and uh, I didn't mean to cut you off because you were, you were heading to something that T. Leak and I have talked about as well. The media is now competing with each individual who had any individual that has an Instagram account or a Twitter account. And it makes it extremely hard to be first to break a news story when, you know, anybody on the street can quote unquote break a news story or break a story. Uh, so that makes the environment extremely tough. Uh, especially when you you want to you want to verify your sources and you may not have time to because someone else is going to leak the story first. So I understand that is a very tough environment. And I'm I'm also not I mean I'm not here to bash the media. Uh, we got somebody in the White House who that likes to do that. And and I'm not sure I don't I don't want to stand on the same podium that he stands on because I definitely have different views. I guess there is no accountability for the individual that is that is breaking a story, and that, and that's a big problem too. Now you brought up Nick Cannon, uh, y'all have to help me out. It's coming under fire here. What what, what did he say? Well, he agreed with uh, he was as my folks say um, was co-signing on some things that uh, Professor okay. Griff, uh, formerly of uh, well, I guess he did make it back to the group for Public Enemy on his podcast that he was doing. And uh, he was co-signing on some anti-Semitic thoughts, uh, rhetoric, and um, what some would say conspiracy theories. And he was called into the office by a parent company, uh, Viacom, CBS. Nick's initial version was as he was being talked to and trying to explain his version, he was fired from a couple of his uh, entities before there was you know, some resolution so what could be done? He did not lose his job for the masked singer, uh, but he did lose his wild and out gig. He did lose his podcast. And uh, he has said he's taken time away from his radio show that he does out in LA. So uh, swift rebuke from his co-signing hmm. and some of the remarks he made, you know, with professor Griff was on his podcast. Okay. Yeah, and and let me let me chime in here because and 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 this is this is a perfect example because home team told me and this is this is so it, I I got a billion thoughts so first thing home team you said things have changed and one of the things that culturally affects us tremendously right now is our short attention span. 
I agree. You don't have, well, actually, I'll give it to you short attention span and just lack of time overall. We tend to be really pulled in a million different directions. And so as a result, we don't spend a lot of time on or don't feel like we can spend a lot of time um, either because we don't want to or because we can't, you know, on doing that additional work that we need to do. So I'll take a perfect example. Home team told me the interview. So Dick was on, this was on Nick Cannon's podcast. He told me it was an hour and a half. I was like, ah, <laughs> when, when am I going to find an hour and a half to listen to this? And first of all, it sounded like madness. So I was just like, well, the controversy was about 24 minutes. So after that, the controversy was over. He had the rest of the interview. Wait, wait, wait. It was in the first 24 minutes? Yes. Oh, you get you in the first 24 minutes. Oh, you're making it easier. I might be able to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't what? dedicate Go an hour. Skip the 2403 <laughs> and you get a chance to see the controversy. So maybe that's one of our calls to action at the end, Jack. We, we need to tell people, please provide timestamps. <laughs> on a side note, for real, though, I appreciate those. When somebody sends you a video and they send you a breakdown with some timestamps to get to where different parts of a certain video is, I love that. I love that. That's because your time is precious. I mean, you don't have time to be wasting. Going well, you said you thing. said you. You mean the royal you? You talking about me? You? Well, and I was also. talking about. I was talking about you personally. Uh, yeah, See, least time. time is precious. Jay Gray, but, Jay but, Jag, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little sangria earlier, but your time is precious too. <laughs> and to, if I can circle back to, to, to the point of Jack, mate, the one thing I will are you, say. That, are you trying to save me from myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm trying to just, just step in just for one second. If I could circle back to what Jack said for one minute, there is one thing, criticism that I think is fair of, of me, my, my brothers and sisters in the media. Uh, anytime a media member is being unethical, Part of the media's job is to be ethical. And anytime somebody's being unethical, I think that is always fair to call out a member of the media. Because to your point, you know, anybody with a camera, anybody with an iPad, anybody with a tablet can be a reporter uh, per se, but they aren't, aren't held to standards right. uh, where yeah. ethical behavior uh, should be always practiced. So I, I, I will say that that is fair game when there is criticism of the media. Right, right, right. Okay, that's fair. So, so, uh, all right, so wait, let me get back to my, I'm, I'm back on it. I'm, I'm, my mind okay. is back on track. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sip some so, water. So oh, I have, on I have, what? I do have water. So I'm back to Nick Cannon. Okay. So the 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 summary that I read, the the news report, the article, basically said that he was talking about white and Jewish people, and he was saying that they lack compassion, and that that was something that made them lesser. And I have to tell you, I don't know what that accomplishes. You know, there are people who will say, well, he's educating them or, well, you know, they, they are now going to understand how other people feel. I, I don't think whoever they is cares. So, and, and 
And that's definitely not a way to, to deliver a message to get well, somebody to understand themselves. Yes, exactly. And, and as I understand it, the point was, right, so now we're getting into one of the things, because I do want to talk about specific things that are out there that maybe we can bust some of the myths or, you know, talk about the verification that is out there or the other facts that are out there. But, you know, this whole idea that there's a question about this, this question of the Semitics, right? And this question of the Jews being the descendants of Shem, I understand, just based on some preliminary research I did. So yeah, I did spend some time. Um, so so as, as the chosen people, so, you know, people are arguing this whole concept of, well, it's not anti-Semitic because they're not Semitic. They're not the chosen. And I'm like, this is, I feel like that's a semantics discussion and that's all good and great. But I think anytime you're anti anybody, then that, that just, it doesn't go anywhere. And it's not, it, especially in this day and age, in this time that we're living in, we don't need that. We don't need that right now. For you to say that we, that we, and it was black people, of course, are the chosen people because we have compassion, but you ain't showing compassion for anybody. So the hypocrisy of that, you're not showing compassion for anybody. You feel like you could just, just hit at them and tell them that they're lesser. That's not compassionate to me. So all of that, I don't get. So I'm, I'm, I'm all with him, him getting his just due. If, if Wilden out is his property and all of that stuff but when you talk about trying to educate people and everything i don't think education requires you to put other people down that's my okay I well like i think i and, think and, to that point ahead, you know team. people don't need uh, people don't need approval from somebody being offensive to be validated to be offended you know you can offend people and not think you're doing it and still be offensive and you know you can get into i am not a a religion major uh, i have taken some religion classes i read up on religion i find uh the concept of religion very interesting but i am not a religious expert so i'm not going to sit here and try to tell anybody how i can break down what i read or what article i read and how to save somebody's soul i can tell you if you offend a race of people and say that they are lesser than or they are not the real people that they say they are, you're going to be in some hot water. And I think that, you know, as it relates to us as a people, we need to be fighting for justice and equality, things that we have not had since we've been in this country, since we were brought over here in change. And I think that it's it's offensive to Jewish people to uh, dismiss or try to deny. And some people say, well, it's facts. They can't deal with the facts. I don't agree with that. I think that there are versions and there are people who have their, their experts and their versions of what the truth is. And if you are offensive to people, you need to maybe take a second just to make sure that you are listening to them because we want people to listen to us when we are offended. You need to make sure. And I think that's what's happened with Nick Cannon, how he did a, a 180. I think he was so well liked that rabbis and people who didn't think he was a bad guy or think that he was a hateful, ignorant man reached out to him to try to save him so he would not have to be finished in the world of entertainment. He would not have to be finished in the world of talk shows and 
I think that's a good thing. It says something about him that people did not think he was a hateful human being. But I just think that you have to be careful because you don't think you are offensive and you put something out. You're not overlooking the fact that somebody is offended. We wouldn't like it. Um, you know, people who are Jewish take it very sensitively as they should their unique walk on earth their, and their unique tragedy on earth as what happened in World War II and what happened in the concentration camps. And I think similarly, you know, people should empathize with them. And similarly, people need to empathize with us and we need to take very seriously the things that have happened to our ancestors who came over here in ships and chains and were lying in urination, menstruation, and defecation to get over here to be objects of commerce. So okay, you, can't, All right, you can't put somebody else down. We are not looking for supremacy. Yeah. And I think that's where Nick kind of, he, he, he missed the mark and he didn't understand. We're looking for equality and we're looking for justice and we should be looking for people who are looking for that with us. That's there my go. opinion. There you go. There you go. You know, it's interesting. That that hits on point with, you know, my 14-year-old was educating me last night. Uh, I was allowing her to educate me. She said, Daddy, I don't understand how black people are mistreated in this country. But every, any chance we get, or too often chances we get to treat other people fairly, we don't take them. She says she sees in school where groups of black kids make fun of Hispanic kids and Latino kids, make fun of mm. the LGBT community. Mm. She said, how, how, can, how can we be trying to fight for our equality and not give it to other people? So, you know, I think that's something we need to think about. We, mm. we have to... If, if, if we want people to treat us fairly, we have to be champions in treating other few people fairly as well. From the mouth of babes, damn. There you go. There you mm-hmm. go. Well, I think we, we need to, you know, we have to be called out when we don't do right. I, I think, and not to make an excuse, but I think a lot of what happens to our people is we are reacting. We are, we are reacting to an environment and situations and generations of things that, you know, have impacted us financially, spiritually, culturally, and in areas of sensitivity as well. So I don't think there's anything wrong. I think sometimes we have a, a, a problem when we are wrong or in the wrong, calling each other out in public, you know, kind of, you know, there's some stuff you keep, you know, outside of the public sphere. But I think, you know, when we are wrong, we should be okay with being called out on being wrong. But I also think that, you know, when you see situations like that, you know, who's there to correct those kids in school? Right. What, what is the environment? And not to make excuses for it, but I think what you're seeing is a reaction sometimes. And sometimes I think that the easier thing to do is to point the finger at the person reacting or the group reacting as opposed to the situations that's causing them to react. Well, no doubt. There, there are definitely some reasons for it. I mean, hurt people inflict pain on other people. Yes, yes. Um, I think that's... And, 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 and Black people are definitely hurting in this country and have been hurting since 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 they came to this country and again hurt people inflict pain on other people and and so we're we, we're guilty of that sometimes but let's get back to let's get back to this question I, I guess I was but before you go there I'm sorry I was okay. actually going to relate what we just said to the questions I don't know if you were going to do well, the same well, I'm, I'm gonna defer to you then <laughs> well one of the things that you know, has come up as a question. I don't remember if home team, we talked about a Jag, but this, 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 what we're talking about with black folks in particular is culturally our experiences have 
given us cause to pause before listening to anybody. When somebody said, come on, come on the boat, we should have paused, right? When somebody, so we've got a history of kind of learning to be a little, be a little skeptical, right? So is that a factor in, do you think if we had a white person on today that we would have a different answer from them to the question, can you believe anything nowadays? Well, is, I don't black, think- is, it, is it more extreme for black folks or? I think experience, well, first of all, I don't think your ethnicity has anything to do with anything to do with the validity of your argument or the factuality in it. So I would guess if we had a white person on, what, what is their experience and what would they be bringing? Uh, they could be talking complete, you know, facts and educating. They could be foolish. Or you can bring somebody black on here and they could be talking foolishness or educating. So, you know, I, I think people react to environments. And I think a lot to your point, T-Leak, is that any people that don't feel like they're a part of something, they're going to gravitate to uh, things that make them feel whole. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's religion or mm. politics mm. or a neighborhood a homeowners association. If you don't feel like you're a part of something, you're going to gravitate to people into things that make you feel a part of something. So kind of delving back into you know what happened with Nick Cannon, uh, he was talking to Griff about the black, black Hebrews and the black Israelites. That is a reaction to people who don't feel that Christianity or the nation of Islam or Hinduism or Judaism fulfill things that they uh, need to make whole. So they are going down a different avenue. And in doing so, they ended up offending people. So, you know, I, I just think it's more about listening. Nobody is listening these days. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to, to be heard, but nobody wants to listen to the same degree they want to talk. And until we get past whatever situation we are, I don't know where we are in this country at the beginning, the middle, or the end of the foolishness that we're wrapped up in, but until we get to the end of it and we start listening, I think we're going to continue to have problems and see people react. Well, I, think that's, I think that's definitely true. You know, I, I guess when I was growing up, the, and I, I don't know culturally if this is a, 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 a black thing or, or where this came from, but I don't know if y'all heard it uh, for, in Atlanta and New York, but I was always told, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. Does, does that ring a bell to y'all? I've heard that before. Okay. So maybe, maybe uh, T. Lee. No, I, I haven't heard it, but it sounds good. Well, maybe it's a Southern thing since, um, you know, we, uh, home team and I from south of the Mason-Dixon line. But I always thought that was the rule. I mean, so, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't even understand people just taking what they hear and running with it without trying to verify it. So, you know, again, as, as home team said in the beginning, you have to verify everything. And, you know, T leak, you said you can find numerous con conflicting sources that say different things on the same subject. Mm -hmm. You got to turn your brain on too. You can't turn your brain off. Yes. Uh, and that's where I said, I got to put my own common sense on it. Cause yeah, it's just too much, but let me, let me go back to something actually home team said, and I agree with that wholeheartedly is, and, and and Jag, you and I have talked about that in the past. I do think people gravitate towards not only what makes them feel like they belong, home team, but also 
what validates some inner beliefs that they have. And those are, those are, I think there's, there's overlap in that, but you know, if something validates that you think, let's say for instance, you know, what the president said when he was first, you know, announced he was running for president, that Mexicans are murderers and rapists, you're going to gravitate towards that. If there's something out there that substantiates your beliefs about that, whether that be true or not. So I think that that's where you get into is it is it and actually to jack to your point is it the brain or is it the heart right because ultimately you're just looking for something that that resonates with you you know personally in some way and it's not necessarily driven by anything that you could say is rational or as we've talked about before sort of based in data so for example, let's talk about this, um, which I've heard before. This was something, I don't remember, I think you said Jag Ann Coulter had said something, but I've heard, I heard the president said uh, in a CNN interview that more whites are killed by police than blacks. I don't know if either of you have statistics along that line that say that, but I have heard the, the opposite. So... So you're looking for some Well, I've seen statistics that now, like I said, I'm not an expert, so I would have to go and look up the statistics, but I have seen statistics that per capita, that's not an accurate statement. Now, I don't know if you're going with the total number of people, but I saw a figure and I saw some data that showed that per capita, that black people were killed at a higher rate. So then that's when you get into numbers and data, you know, if, you know, and I'm, again, this is dangerous because I don't have the facts in front of me, but you know, if, you know, 800 people are killed by police and 300 of them were African-Americans and African-Americans make up 11% of the population, then per capita, that would say that African-Americans are killed at a higher rate. I can't speak to the exact numbers because I don't have the numbers. And I know Ann Coulter, you know, sometimes leans to one side of the aisle. So I don't know if she's given statistical data by the facts or if she's, you know, playing with the numbers to get a reaction. So I, I, I can't answer that now until I look it up. I guess I can look it up on my iPad while we're talking. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be, you have to be careful about that. Cause in a country where you're 13% of the population talking about raw numbers, doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Uh, I have seen some reports and I, you know, we give a link to, to one report that I've seen, but it only looked at 17 States between 2009 and 2012. And in that report, majority of the killings by police were 52% of them were white, but disproportionately 32% of them were black. And so the black fatality rate based on the per capita, you're 2.8 times more likely to be killed by police if you're black than if you're white. So, you know, again, um, statistics and damn lies. What you know? Well, and you can use numbers to make a point. The, the numbers are numbers, but you can use numbers to make a point. And that's and that's something that I think you know. Hopefully, our audience will take away from this. Is I do think the point that you're making, Jag, is is important. Is that absolute numbers are one thing, but you know percentages when you start looking at it and whether or not you're more likely. Because in in you know the case of and, you know, I always go to a health point, but in the case of, you know, how many people suffer from heart disease, but how many people die from it. So blacks are actually more likely to die from a lot of the chronic diseases than whites. And so there are various reasons for that, but that does not mean to your point that absolutely we suffer from it more, 
but but it is fatal to us more and why is that so i think it's the same thing right is that when we get stopped we have a higher likelihood of being killed and when we're unarmed so it's, there's more often you know the people that are killed that are unarmed are black so i think i said that correctly oh lord i don't want to pass on any incorrect information so i i do think that it is really important that people take a look at anything that they see where there are numbers involved to understand what's behind the numbers because the other thing i will say going back to what we we're talking about in terms of the media has a responsibility i think statisticians and all these people who put together these data sometimes people take data and they use data that backs up their point and they leave out right. some things so so it it can be sometimes. like you said sometimes is it all the time? All the time. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you have. Well, they to don't. Have to they don't necessarily it. leave out data, right? I mean, there's a certain amount of data that you can include, but I think there is there is more intentional misleading sometimes. I'm not I saying that I, you're intentionally misleading all. I don't think everyone who's putting together data is intentionally misleading people. No, I know. I agree with example, that. Yeah, perfect example of that is what's going on with the COVID numbers. It's there are hard raw data. There is hard raw data. There are hard numbers, but people are using numbers to make their points. There is a finite number of people who uh, have contracted coronavirus. There is a number of people in the data who have died from it. And then there is a curve on um, you know, what percentage that is and if the number is at a steady rate or if it's going down. Some people are arguing the death rates are going down, but the hospitals are saying the beds are filling up. So you can, you can manipulate the numbers to prove a point. And the question is, uh, you know, what, what is your motivation behind the point, right. which is why you should go and validate and verify and get as much information as you can on yourself to sometimes formulate your own opinion, opinion hopefully be rational enough to make the right and wisest decision. Right. So right. can I put a dart through that COVID thing? Because sure. what's interesting about the COVID thing, you know, I don't know if you heard about, you know, from a pediatric perspective, kids that had tested positive and actually recovered from it had these sort of long, they, uh, uh, my, my friend who's a pediatrician actually told me the name of it. It's like pediatric COVID related. It's, it's, so it came from them suffering from it, but it was not, you know, it was kind of, okay, so now they tested negative, but they're still having these symptoms, right? So that's where you get into, and I believe, and again, uh, it, it depends, I, let me look it up, but I believe if, if someone died from that, that's the question. I think there's been some question about COVID-related deaths, whether you put that in the COVID death rate or not. So for instance, if someone already had some sort of, you know, respiratory issue, asthma or other, and they suffered a, a horrible asthma attack, did they die from an asthma attack or was it COVID-related because it added to the challenge? challenges they had with breathing. So again, I think that's where it gets really, you know, you're, you're really able to spin the data so that yeah. everyone's well, like, no, I don't know nobody, what to believe. Nobody can tell you, me, or anybody else on the planet what the long-term ramifications are for having COVID-19. COVID we don't know that information yet. Right. So that's a side conversation, you know, aside from should you put a mask on, uh, are you putting the boot of tyranny on my neck by making me put a mask on, I just want to go to Walmart without my mask. The, the silly things that we're getting caught up in in the minutia, the truth is we don't know what the long-term ramifications are for having it or if there are for many people. There's a lot of things we don't know. So again, back to our original conversation, it's about the expert. 
works and, and, and validating sources and validating the information from those who are experts and those who are well-versed in certain subjects like mm-hmm. the World Health Organization or the Centers for Disease Control <laughs> and Prevention. Do they know what they're talking about? Opinion. Wait, so wait. So, okay, let's just talk about this for a quick second. So my understanding is, and again, I'm basing it on news stories, that Trump has asked that the data, all the data we're talking about, go to the White House instead of the CDC so that they get sort of short-circuited. Is that... Yeah, the, that- the, centers, the centers for Disease Control and Prevention have had a long-standing relationship with hospitals where hospitals right. provide them with information so that they can best, you know, come up with policy, come up with um, decisions that are best for public health situations. And the White House, is, is their claim was... Uh, uh, sometimes the CDC data and the database and the software that they use is a little slower. They had somebody who won a contract that has some better software and get information a little bit more rapidly. So they've taken that relationship away from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and sent it to Washington, D.C., where people in their infinite wisdom are going to, I guess, bestow upon us uh, you know, what, what things they're going to come up with. So, so data dissemination has definitely been politicized. I and mean, so it's science, in my opinion. Well, and, yes. and unfortunately, I don't know how that happens, but science has been politicized too. I don't, I um, don't understand it. But uh, so, so it's a problem. But uh, again, you have to, and, and that's part of ver- not only verifying the sources, understanding the sources, because when you understand people's motivations, then some of the information that they give you or misinformation they give you starts to make sense. So you really, you really have to be vigilant in, in trying to seek the truth, verify as many, you go to, go to as many sources as possible, but also test, test those sources. All right. Well, are there any other Well, we talked about these masks thing came up and, and oh. I just want to hear, uh, cause I'm in the great state of Texas now. <laughs> We ain't trying to wear no mask down here because, you know, we, we, we. That's the royal we, right? The royal we. I mean, I wear my mask. I can't can't come back in my house if I don't wear my mask. Uh, My wife don't play that. But um, what are y'all hearing about the truth on these masks? I mean, I I can only go the, 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 the director of the Centers for Disease Control <laughs> and Prevention has said if everybody were to put on a mask, uh, we could see great change in this country in a few weeks. Uh, the president, I don't know if he's a president or director of the World Health Organization, has asked people to put masks on. All I know is uh, COVID to the side, if one of you two got knock on wood, it doesn't happen. If one of you two, I don't know, uh, stubbed your toe, broke a pinky and had to go to a, an emergency room or a hospital, the folks in there would have masks on. <laughs> so I don't understand why people again are politicizing the uh, instructions. And, you know, the sad part is people are picking and choosing with this COVID thing. They're treating it like a menu because the same page that tells you to cough into your elbow, stay six feet away, wash your hands for more than 20 seconds, 
stay home if you're sick, take your temperature on a regular basis. The same page that says all of that says if you go out in public, you should put a cloth covering or a mask on. The same page. And people go crazy, pull guns, yell at people, throw food when you ask them to put a mask on in public. So it has become political. I think people have become unhinged. And the unfortunate part is it feels like when you ask people to do something or people do something they don't want to do, they feel like you're taking something from them. They're right. They rather fight. They rather fight the boots of tyranny on their neck and their freedoms being taken away than to put a mask on for maybe a few weeks or months and everybody be healthier for it. But let's 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 just as a quick check-in, that is a perfect example of something that corresponds to people's um, need to believe that this country is not great and it needs to be made great again because they're taking away our freedoms. And when you tell them, hey, this mask thing, this is an example of what's going to happen. And and so people gravitate towards that. So I do think that's one of those situations where if you spin it so that it, you know, and that's what I think allows it to be politicized because you know you have this, this base, you know. Which I think, though, you know, it's a part of, and I say the collective we when I say this, it's a part of who we are because as it intersects the world of sports where I am, I believe, I don't have any data, this is an opinion, but the people who are anti-mask or anti-against you taking my freedom because you asked me to put on a mask, if you told those same people, you know, no matter what the COVID numbers are, no matter how many infections there are, we'll let everybody who wants to come see a college football game in with a mask if you want to. Those same dissenters who don't believe in putting a mask on would do so. So what does that say? That says people do what they want to do. They do what they feel makes them feel good. It, it says that they don't feel they have to sacrifice for people they have no, or they feel have no connection with. And so it's it's more of a we problem that we collectively as a country now have just gone loco when one side asks you to do something and you're on the other side, you're going to have a problem. You're going to reject it and try to rebuke the information. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, I, I have one last thing that I want to ask about with respect to information and it getting out there. Mr. Jack, did you have something first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, this must be good. You, um, you're making us wait for it. <laughs> no, Bated breath. Here we go. Wait, I think my sangria brain just... <laughs> Just oh, take a sip of water. You, You've got sangria <laughs> smile right now. <laughs> oh boy. Do we need to take a break? It had oh lost. goodness. No, no, no. We don't have to take a break. All right. This should be sponsored by sangria tonight. <laughs> goodness. All right. Okay. So the kids going back to school. Are they? Uh, 
Uh, depends on where you are. Okay. Oh Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What's your no, question? Actually, so the, the kids going back to school actually came to me and I was going to replace it because I forgot what I was originally going to say, but I got back to it because I just read this article about a woman in Starbucks. I was thinking about it because you said home team. If you give them, you know, something that, you know, they have priority or they like, and I was thinking about Starbucks. So there's a woman in Starbucks who refused to wear her mask right. and or came in without a mask and the, the barista refused to serve her. I don't remember where it was exactly but apparently a gofundme was raised for the barista and the barista they raised a hundred thousand dollars um the woman who did not wear a mask is claiming that she deserves half of that (laughs) oh really i like that uh i like that machismo yeah you gotta applaud that's creative so listen so her thing which is this is where i got a little miffed her thing is that she has two reasons why she cannot wear a mask. So getting back to this whole mask question. Correct. Her first is that she... Can she not go to Starbucks? Has a condition that by which a mask really adds to her inflammation. And the condition that was quoted in the article was for fibroids. Now, as a women's health, you know, uh, person... I'm not a woman. I know those aren't in your mouth. (laughs) Not part of your respiratory or system, so you're alone. <laughs> yeah, I. But I I'm really, not a doctor. I struggled with that, and her second was that her chiropractor had a note that the mask was too heavy. Said, well, I don't, it wasn't that, but that <laughs> the the mask caused her difficulty. So, okay. what do you what do you what do you think about that? I think those are personal problems. And I think, you know, being <laughs> rational, sometimes your uh, your urgency is in my emergency. And obviously, if she has legitimate, uh, there are people who do have conditions. I don't know if those qualify, but there are people who do have problems and they can't wear masks. The, the problem is, are you going to be an adult about it? Or are you going to be, you know, act like an eight-year-old? Yes, you know, we see this here in the South about people acting up, going to shopping, get groceries. If you really, truly have a problem and and it is private property, so they can ask you to leave. They're not, it is not, they are not servants or there to serve you because you show up and you need groceries. But if you truly have a problem, you couldn't talk to the manager. A lot of the, the grocery stores have curbside pickup That's anyway, right. so you could take advantage of that anyway. So it gets back to what you want to do. But let's just say you don't have internet, uh, you don't know how to use curbside, you couldn't go to a place, show up, and say, you know what, I've got a, I've got a condition. Could I talk to the manager? Here's my list. Can I run my card and somebody uh, get my groceries? That that's the me doing my part as a citizen to not spread a contagious virus that is worldwide. And I think that's the other problem. We're looking at this from a, a micro level. Mm-hmm. You know, Democrat asked me to do it. Republican asked me to do it. Is my mayor Democrat? Is my governor Republican? This is a pandemic. Yeah. This is not political. People in Greenland it shouldn't be are not Democrats be. and Republicans. So it it goes to who we are. And so to the barista or anybody else who's suffering from conditions, I would say, what can you do to make the world a better place? If you are that sick where you can't put a mask on, I would think the last thing you need is (laughs) COVID-19 messing up your respiratory system or your other problems. But that being said, is there not a better way you can find to get your coffee? Well, I was I thought you were going to say the last thing she needs is a Starbucks coffee. She may well, want, no, I mean, want to have some water. 
I don't know what, what the doctors prescribed for her. I don't know how her fibroids are infected by the coffee. But caffeine. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, caffeine is typically contraindicated. I'm I, I, I don't here. know. Uh, you so said typically. She, but, she, but she may be getting decaf. Special anyway. case. But I think you're, rational. Nobody can point. be rational. We have to be extremes on all sides of arguments. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. And I love what you said. I think this is a perfect way to kind of try to wrap things up here is that what, what can you do to make the world a better place? And if what you're doing, whether it be talking about Jews and white people not having compassion or, you know, coming into a place and just being, you know, a bear about a special condition that you have and not really trying to, to work with someone to, to make it a safer place for everyone, what, what can you do to make this world a better place? Are you passing on something that is going to hurt or harm potentially? So think about the information that you're sharing personally and that, and that you're getting and, and really be, be discriminating about it. Well, you know, the, the royal we has to be less selfish and more selfless. And if, right. if, if we keep that in mind, uh, we, we can move the needle in the right direction. Uh, I know it, it's it's tough. It's a challenge for us, but you know we need we need to keep that in mind. Home team, I really appreciate you joining us. Comments have been great. Uh, we we're gonna have to invite you back, even even if the Falcons don't get to play this year and the Saints well, you know what? beat up on them. Hey, you know, I just say thank you so much for having me. Uh, glad I could be a part of it. And I just, uh, you know, I, I, one thing I've said in my, my travels in radio, I don't speak for anybody, but I think Falcon Nation would stand with me on this one. Um, there are no bad people from New Orleans, just a bad team. And our favorite teams, our favorite teams are the Atlanta Falcons and whoever's whooping the Saints on game day. <laughs> All right, well, we may have to have a special No Stupid Question show on that. We're going to have to have a sports show. <laughs> but on that note, good night, everybody. Be, be kind to each other. Figure out what you can do to make the world a better place. Thank you, everybody. No Stupid Questions. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid-ass questions. <laughs> 